0: Welcome to the Green Renine Publishing Podcast. Since the year 2000, Green Renine has been at the forefront of the hobby game industry. This podcast brings that world to life, with news, interviews, and opinions direct from the World city. Join us as we talk about role-playing games, card games, conventions, game design, and all things Green Renine. Hello and welcome to the Green Renine Podcast. This is Chris Premus, and I will be your host today. This is the first in what we hope to be a regular series of podcasts about uh, what's going on with Green Ronin. And as I'm recording this, uh, it's just a couple of weeks until Gen Con. And as gamers know, Gen Con is the uh, biggest game convention in North America. I think they're north of 30,000 people these days and uh, it's always a big event for everyone in the game industry. Uh, Companies always try to have some new and exciting stuff to debut at Gen Con so people who travel all that way uh, can come home with some stuff that maybe their friends haven't seen yet or is just really new and hot. So uh, we're going to be debuting quite a few products at Gen Con, but uh, at this show we're going to do a couple of segments on uh, our two most exciting releases for Gen Con that would be the Pirate's Guide to Freeport and the Paragons campaign setting for Mutants and Masterminds. So uh, I'm going to be bringing on some guests in uh, a minute or so, and uh, we're going to talk about Freeport, and then we're going to talk about Paragons, and uh, then I'll have some closing thoughts as we uh, lead up to Gen Con itself. So let me start with uh, a little bit of background and talk about Freeport, the City of Adventure. So our very first D20 product was an adventure called Death in Freeport. And that was the beginning of uh, a series of products about uh, the city of Freeport, it's also known as the city of adventure. Uh, and uh, I think there's been 11 up to this point. And we are getting ready to release uh, a brand new starting point for the Freeport line. It's called the Pirate's Guide to Freeport. So uh, with me here to talk about that a bit is uh, Rob Schwab. Howdy? Um, and Steve Kenson is also here. He may want to talk a little bit about the True20 adaptation when we get to that. Hey there. Um, so uh, Rob, let's talk about the Pirates Guide to Freeport. Less. <laughs> Do you want to give folks a uh, basic overview of what it's all about? Sure.
1: Uh, with the Pirate's Guide to Freeport, we decided to take uh, a different approach, uh, as Chris mentioned previously. The original Freeport City of Adventure was a D20 accessory that gives you full details on adventuring in the City of Adventure uh, using D20 rule set. Uh, While well, we're, I think it was two years ago, uh, we had talked a lot about Freeport's uh, most attractive features and, it's, and the fact that it can be adapted for just about any kind of D20 campaign setting. And so through our discussions, we came up, we realized what's stopping us from... Moving Freeport beyond the limits of, true, of D20, and why wouldn't you be able to use Freeport with True20 or uh, Rollmaster or Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay or whatever else? And so, this letter, this kind of line of reasoning led us to uh, go to the approach of making the city book systemless. So, uh, what, we, what we, yeah, so what we decided to do from there was to take the information that we've accumulated from the Freeport line. Uh, Advance the timeline by five years and provide an in-depth over, in-depth overview of the city. Uh, but make no mistake: while this is, does not have any gaming stats in it, it is clearly a role-playing book, and it's designed to be used with any kind of role-playing game that you'd like.
0: Yes, and that's uh, that's a good point to make because uh, when we first announced this plan, uh, several people said things to us like, "Well, why wouldn't I just buy a book about pirates?" And uh, the answer is that your average off-the-shelf book about pirates isn't a game book. Uh, Our book is structured to be easily referenced by game masters. It's full of things like adventure hooks. It talks about how you run role-playing campaigns in this setting, none of which you're going to get in a generic book about pirates. Just so. Uh, So the design team uh, was myself and Rob and Patrick O'Duffy, and we did uh, most of the work in the book, although uh, we did... Use stuff uh, from some of the previous Freeport books, um, updated as needed for the, uh, the five-year gap.
1: Yeah, and you'll see that uh, this is not just a reprint in many cases. And, many, and most of the locations have been either overhauled or revised in some way that kind of shows the process of the progress of time and how the events during the succession crisis affect, affect the city and how the resolution of that has kind of moved the city forward.
0: It's true, and in fact, it's uh, it's pretty much a classic Green Ronin case of when we were first playing this project, we thought, well, we have all this previous Freeport material, doing this book will be easy. And uh, whenever you say that, it pretty much guarantees that it won't be true. Uh, In fact, (laughs) an awful lot of work uh, went into the Pirate's Guide and uh, most of the text in it is pretty new. That's right. Yeah. Um, Some of the characters are where you would think they would be, but others of the characters have uh, made some surprising turns. Yeah, I'd say so. Yes. And, in fact, the city itself uh, has changed a bit in that uh, we've added a new district to the city called Bloodsalt. And uh, this was the brainchild of Patrick O'Duffy, and uh, it is a segment of town um, that is largely filled with uh, savage humanoids like hobgoblins and orcs and things like that. And they're being used in what's called the Reclamation Project, which is... uh, a, linked to another event called the Great Green Fire, which was a almost cataclysmic event where uh, uh, fires tore across the island with Freeport is located on, the city almost burned down. So,
1: the savage humanoids that, that populate that area, or really that populate that ghetto, are uh, were drawn in by the Wizards Guild in order to reclaim this land and for the damage that was wrought by this Great Green Fire. And so they kind of all collect there it's a tempestuous part of the city, and it's particularly violent and gruesome.
0: Which is saying something. Yes.
1: Compared to, say, Draxend or something
0: like that. Yes. Or even Scurvy Town. Uh, so each district of the city gets a nice breakdown. It gives you an overview of its uh, history and uh, with sidebars on, you know, what's the state of law and order in in uh, this part of town. What are the buildings look like? You know, where are some of the sights and sounds you might see in that area? And then... Uh, locations are broken down, and there's a standard format for that that breaks down the history, the backgrounds, uh, the important characters there, and then every location has multiple adventure hooks. So the idea is that by the time you're done reading this book, your mind, as the game master, should be bursting with ideas for how to have adventures in Freeport.
1: It's really important to note that each district has its own, it has its own chapter, so there's plenty of material there. So it's not going to be—it's not so much the inequality of. Of detail going in this within this version, you have a just there's a oodles noodle information about every district in the city, and it kind of all brings us to life.
0: That is true. Uh, in addition, there's a big chapter about the Serpent's Teeth, uh, which is the uh, small island chain that Freeport is on. Um, and as with previous uh, Freeport products, the idea is that you can pretty much take the Serpent's Teeth and drop them into whatever world it is that you are using. So uh, a lot of people put them into their homebrews, you know, other people have used it in Greyhawk or the Forgotten Realms, Arcanis, some people put it in H.P. Lovecraft's Dreamlands, uh, which is pretty appropriate considering the Lovecraftian undertones of uh, Freeport. Uh, But it's really up to the individual GM uh, to decide uh, where they want to use Freeport. Um, However, for the first time, the Pirates Guide actually does have a chapter about the wider world. So in previous um, products, we've talked about the continent, which is basically the nearest big landmass to Freeports, And we've generally kept these references pretty vague so uh, people could use whatever world they chose to. Uh, Pirates Guide has an optional chapter called Beyond Freeport, uh, which uh, offers a version of the continent that game masters can use if they want to. So if you're looking for a more complete campaign setting, this book can also function as that with the addition of this chapter.
1: And you'll notice that there's a lot of connections, and fans of the Bleeding Edge adventures will notice that this is the world, the continent is also the same place in which the Bleeding Edge adventures takes place. And so some of the locations that are mentioned in the Bleeding Edge adventures uh, are are, are detailed in this chapter.
0: That's right. And in fact, we're doing a Bleeding Edge special adventure that ties into Freeport, um, that is Dark Wings Dark of Freeport, Over Freeport yes. by
1: Rob Vaughn of Fantasy Flight Fame.
0: Could you tell us a little bit about that adventure?
1: Sure. Uh, it is. It's the first. It, the idea behind this adventure was to kind of set the tone in a, uh, a D twenty way to adventure in to adventure in this new kind of updated and uh, advanced Freeport from the previous. And so, in the adventure, it deals. It reveals many secrets about Finn and his past, uh, and it involves. I don't want to give too much away, but it involves uh, a sinister force that is planning to do something to cause chaos and mayhem in the city, Mm -hmm. as you would expect with Freeport.
0: And like all the Bleeding Edge adventures, we'll be providing free True 20 conversions on True20.com?
1: Correct, and they're already done and ready to go.
0: That's what we like to hear. Uh, So the idea of the new line is the Pirate's Guide is the core book. And then uh, there'll be a series of companion books uh, for different game systems that will give you the information that you need to use uh, those systems with the Freeport book. Um, so the first one of those is going to be the True 20 Freeport Companion, which is coming out this summer. Uh, Steve and Rob, you both uh, worked on that. Yes, we did. Um, Steve, would you like to tell us a little bit about it?
2: Well, the True 20 Companion, basically, like the both companion volumes take the Material in Freeport and provide you with the game system support in order to use it in that particular game. The True20 Companion, because True20 has a limited set of character roles, one of the things that we did was to provide a lot of uh, character paths like those that you'll find in the True20 Companion uh, book and the various support material. So there are different... examples of the types of adepts uh, that you'll find in Freeport, uh, for example, from the typical wizards to priests of the different gods uh, and basically the ways of how to easily already put together those types of characters uh, from the tools that you'll find in True 20.
0: And there's also uh, True 20 game stats for the important characters from Pirate's Guide. Right,
2: absolutely. Lots of those. Pretty much every significant character uh, in the entire book has a complete True 20 stat block so that you have all the game stats for all the characters in the book all ready to go. Correct.
1: Um, We also included a fairly chunky uh, bestiary, (coughs) and inside you'll find uh, the highlights and the major creatures from Creatures of Freeport, plus a a selection of new ones Mm -hmm. uh, that that hail back, and some some new ones and other revisions from, or not revisions, but conversions from other Freeport source books, and other products Mm -hmm. in the Green Renine line. One other highlight of the True 20 Companion is that we also
2: provide uh, some additional ways to adapt the uh, supernatural powers from the True 20 core book to create uh, specific um, magical traditions that are suitable uh, for the Freeport setting, ranging from um, the different types of clerics and priests, through to the wizard's guilds, uh, to spontaneous sorcerers, uh, and even some options for the really um, creepy preternatural um, sort of horror magic um, for the um, cults and the other uh, undertones of the setting. Yeah, the ritual magic system is pretty
1: is really cool, and we uh, include I think four four or five sample rituals that you can use mm-hmm. as uh, plot devices for your freeport games, so that you might have a cult that's working on this particularly nasty ritual, and you have to give you that kind of of crafty and feel that we're looking for. Absolutely.
0: So, uh, down the pipe a bit, we've got a D20 version as well, which you're working on now, Rob.
1: Yes, I am. It's a big, big book that's going to be in a very small space. Uh, (laughs) There's all sorts of stuff in this book. Uh, The idea of the D20 Freeport Companion was principally to update the material in the Freeport City Adventure, the original Freeport City Adventure book. Uh, But there's a lot more to it that we can do than uh, revising some of those feats and skill options and magic items. Uh, we're bringing back some old favorites. Uh, the assassin gets a complete facelift and overhaul. Uh, we're including the long-awaited or mysterious monster hunter class. Will be in this book. Uh, there will be, uh, and there are a number of other classes, including the survivor that's adapted from the Thieves' World Players' Manual to work within the Freeport uh, setting. Uh, there'll be the usual suspects—a list of feats uh, that are that are Freeport appropriate, mm-hmm. new spells, and new magic items, of course. Uh, we'll also have a uh, an index catalog of who's who of Freeport that will cover the, the iconic characters as well as some of the secondary characters. Each of which will have uh, continue will play into the adventure hooks. Stuff that'll be useful for the uh, for GMs of, D, of and fans of, to, of the D20 game to use this material right away. Um, both one thing we did not mention in the uh, True 20 Freeport campaign and the D20 Freeport campaign. Both of these include Fury and Freeport. Is that right? Yeah, Fury and Freeport which is a brand new uh, introductory adventure for new games set in the City of Venture. And they're designed for first solo characters, and they really, really, really get into the nitty-gritty stuff and feel and flavor of the Freeport setting. It's pretty exciting stuff, and it's really robust, and it's going to be a good starting place for your your new campaigns.
0: We've also been talking to some other publishers um, about uh, doing some companions uh, for their game systems as well. Uh, we've gotten permission from one publisher already, and once all the uh, I's get dotted and T's crossed, we'll be announcing that. Uh, but we d- are trying to provide a fairly robust selection of uh, rule supports. Because while you don't need it, you know, any you can take the Pirate's Guide and the core book of whatever game you like and run a campaign out of that. Uh, people do, I think, enjoy getting uh, a lot of the heavy lifting done for yeah. them. So... That's what the companions seek to provide, and, and the Fury in Freeport adventure gives people a nice starting point to kick off a new campaign.
1: Beyond that, we also have uh, the very sexy Cults in Freeport, which is uh, one of the things that we mentioned. We have a, we have the companion books, which are mechanic support books for the Freeport setting, but we also have a series of pure setting books that kind of follow the same veins of Freeport. The Pirates Got a Freeport book. Uh, the Cult of Freeport is the first of the series, and this one gets into the subversive, sinister organizations that work in the dark, shadowy places of Freeport. Uh, include, this book brings a lot to the table, and a lot of plot, a lot of plot hooks, adventure seeds, really disturbing organizations, uh, and that. Do, and there's, there'll, there'll also be some things that you'll expect to see, such as the Brotherhood of the Yellow Sign. Mm-hmm. But a, but almost all of these are new.
0: Well, even the Brotherhood of the Yellow Sign um, has never really received lavish attention. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, There was a point where uh, we had a freelancer who was going to write a book about that, but uh, that never came to pass, so this is going to be the first time where uh, we get to uh, really show some love to the Brotherhood of the Yellow Mm -hmm. Sign.
1: In fact, that is the biggest chapter of the book. Uh, that following the Cults of Freeport book, we have The Buccaneers of Freeport, which highlights and describes the ships, the crews, and the captains of uh, the most nefarious and uh, infamous pirates of the Serpent's Teeth. It will be an exciting book. It features design work by Anthony Pryor, Rodney Thompson, Ari Marmel, um, and I believe Rob Vaughn again. I didn't mention, I should should do shout-outs to the guys who worked on uh, Calls of Freeport that includes Steve Darlington and Joden Greger, both of which wrote uh, Night's Dark Masters for Black Industries. Uh, Dan White, who worked on uh, the Warhammer Fantasy roleplay companion, as well as the upcoming Thousand Thrones campaign. Uh, Myself, and I'm missing somebody, and I will hang my head in shame. (laughs) I'm sorry whoever that was. Oh, and uh, Chris Williams, I'm so sorry, uh, of the Dreamlands fame.
0: Oh, indeed. indeed. Uh, so that is a sort of general overview of uh, what we've got going on with Freeport. Um, Pirate's Guide is, is uh, going to print in just a couple of days from when we're recording this, and we'll be out this summer. Um, and uh, we should uh, have more exciting Freeport announcements soon. Now, in addition to free ports, we're going to be debuting the Paragons campaign setting for Mutants and Masterminds at Gen Con, so uh, now let's uh, talk about that for a little bit. With me here to discuss it is Mr. Steve Kenson, the designer of Mutants and Masterminds. Hey, and everybody. The uh, mastermind behind Paragons, one might say. So, uh, Steve, could you tell us a bit about Paragons and uh, how it's different than Freedom City?
2: Well, that's the, the primary motivation behind Paragons, was when we did the second edition of Mutants and Masterminds, we did a uh, a new edition of the uh, Freedom City setting to be its core uh, primary setting. And Freedom City is a very four-color, superheroic setting that's based on the, the sort of things that you get from the traditional comic books uh, that have been around for decades. Uh, Paragons was conceived as uh, the counterpart uh, to Freedom City, so it's a setting that partakes much more of the sort of uh, modern and postmodern style of superpowered people in a much more realistic setting where a lot of the um, tropes of the, the superhero comics don't really apply. So most people aren't going around wearing, you know, spandex costumes and using their powers to fight crime. Uh, The characters tend to have uh, more realistic motivations and reactions uh, to their abilities, uh, more uh, diverse goals, and there's a somewhat more generally mature uh, tone and style uh, to the, the setting overall.
0: So if you would say that Freedom City uh, is sort of uh, inspired by things like old X-Men, Spider-Man, Justice League, that sort of thing, Mm -hmm. uh, what sort of comics would you say uh, inspired Paragons?
2: Paragons is much more inspired by uh, comics like the Authority or uh, Michael Straczynski's uh, Rising Stars series. Um, the sorts of things like uh, the hit TV series Heroes uh, on NBC um, and uh, the other sorts of, of modern stories of, of characters with with superpowers uh, the sort of stuff like uh, the, the Bruce Willis film Unbreakable, for example would be a, would be a, a paragons type of, of setting.
0: So in the book itself um, is it uh, Freedom City was, centered on the city itself, although there was uh, information about the rest of the world. Is Paragons more of a worldly overview?
2: Paragons has a much broader focus than Freedom City. Uh, Freedom City focuses very strongly on the city setting itself, uh, with some general information about the rest of the world, uh, with the assumption that the city is going to be the home base for a group of superheroes. Paragons takes a much more broad do it yourself approach to a lot of the elements about the world, taking the idea that one of the big themes of Paragons is basically power and what it you know you choose to do with it. Uh, the The setting is very offers a lot of options as far as what elements of it you choose to focus your own series on. So, the, for example, the there's a chapter that contains a couple dozen major factions. Uh, that may exist to one degree or another in the setting. And it's up to you to really decide what are the most influential and powerful factions in your particular series, and what are the ones you really want to focus on. Some, may be one or two, may be especially prominent, making them the primary protagonist and antagonist in the series, with the others as sort of ancillary, and maybe a few that don't particularly interest you right out on the fringes uh, or not really talked about. Um, Other series may have... Uh, multiple prominent factions and organizations for a real power struggle behind the scenes. Uh, It's really all up to you, depending on the style of game you want to run.
0: So there's multiple different entry points that a game master could choose to launch a campaign.
2: Very much so. In fact, the the campaigning section of the book presents a set of about a dozen uh, what we call series frameworks, that are basically sort of set up like, um, you know, like the pitch of a TV series might be or a comic book series, where basically we open up with a high concept that basically says this is what this kind of series is about, and then basically take a look at the components of that series. What would the main characters be like? What are the appropriate characters for that kind of series? What are the major uh, supporting characters from the book who might play a role in that series, what are the major factions that might play a role in that series and how might they be involved. So you can have everything from a series wherein the characters are working for the paranormal regulatory agency in the United States to enforce a law that requires paranormals to be registered with the government and allow the government to track their movements to a series where the characters are Occult investigators uh, investigating mysterious cults and serial killers uh, and other um, strange phenomena that they discover are all interconnected in some way and involved with a number of the different factions in the setting in this vast world-spanning secret conspiracy.
0: Tasty. Uh, now, there was going to be an adventure coming out a few weeks before the Paragon's Core book uh, called The More Perfect Union. Mm -hmm. Um, And that is going to give people a taste of what Paragons is about and give them a jumping off point for their own campaigns.
2: Exactly. Uh, Uh,
0: What uh, elements of Paragons does that adventure use?
2: A more perfect union is, uh, just as you said, it's an introductory adventure. So it's intended to be something that will will set up the the tone and style of uh, Paragons. We wanted to design it to be as open-ended as possible, so that you can use it as a lead-in for many different types of series, uh, depending on the direction you intend to go. So uh, the adventure is very um, non-traditional in the sense of a uh, typical superhero adventure. Um, you know, the most the, the usual superhero adventure is that. There's a there's a supervillain and he or she has an evil plot and the characters get wind of this this plot and must foil it in some fashion. Uh, more Perfect Union is much more in a, a, an investigative adventure that pr- puts a group of new paranormals in a, a strange and unusual situation where they have to figure out uh, what exactly is going on. And then once they do, they have a number of, of, of difficult decisions to make. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things uh, with with traditional superhero adventures is things are very cut and dry. And the heroes are the good guys, the villains are the bad guys, and that's pretty much that. Uh, a More Perfect Union is a much more nebulous uh, type of story where uh, the, the characters are going to have some options, but... In many regards, um, the, the right thing is largely a matter of opinion, uh, and it's going to be up to them to really decide uh, how it is they're going to handle the challenges uh, in the adventure. I'd say more, but that would uh, involve giving away uh, a good deal of, of what it is the characters are going to encounter.
0: Fair enough. But it's, uh, a lot of it is, is more, more of an investigative scenario than you might find in a traditional superhero adventure. Much
2: more. Uh, the characters are going to find a number of challenges uh, in the adventure that really aren't a simple matter of uh, hitting it with their super strength or, uh-huh. or, or knocking it down with their power blasts. Uh, in fact, they may find some challenges in the adventure where their powers uh, just don't help them at all. Um, and it's it's a matter of... of coming up with another approach uh, to deal with the the particular problem at hand. Uh, I should also mention the uh, Adventure, because it's intended to introduce uh, the Paragon setting, comes with a complete set of characters uh, that you can use to play it or that you can use as supporting characters uh, in the Adventure if the players prefer to create their own characters. It also has uh, an appendix uh, with uh, character creation guidelines Uh, for creating a set of paranormal characters that are suitable for use in the adventure so that players who are already familiar with the Mutants and Masterminds rules uh, or who are even just getting into playing the game uh, out of the rulebook or the pocket player's guide can easily create uh, a set of characters to use with the adventure.
0: Hmm. Uh, So the Paragon's campaign setting book itself uh, has many new characters in it as well. Um, Would villains from Paragons be suitable for use in uh, other general Mutants and Masterminds campaigns?
2: A lot of the characters from Paragons uh, will be useful in any Mutants and Masterminds campaign. Uh, The Paragons characters run a wide gamut uh, from characters who are much more uh, like traditional comic book characters uh, in many regards to some pretty strange and unusual uh, characters. Um, we wanted to uh, explore a number of uh, unusual ideas uh, for the, the Paragon setting. Uh, so uh, the authors who provided uh, the characters um, were encouraged to to pitch some, some, some stuff that was different from what you'd expect from a usual comic book. Uh, so you'll find a lot of characters that will be you know perfectly fine as supervillains in Freedom City or mm-hmm. superheroes in Freedom City. If you're so inclined, and some others that uh, you wouldn't find in any superhero comic book, um, but provide some interesting uh, new challenges to players who may be used to the typical comic book fair.
0: Well, that sounds great. Thanks for talking with us about Paragon, Steve. My pleasure. Now, Paragons and Freeport are not the only things we're going to be debuting at Gen Con. We've uh, got quite a few releases coming out, and uh, we would like to go into the sort of depth about all of them, but uh, time does not permit. But uh, in future podcasts, uh, we'll certainly be talking about some of the other, other titles, such as uh, Hobby Games, The 100 Best which is uh, an anthology of essays by 100 game designers, uh, publishers, and industry notables, in which they talk about uh, the great hobby games of the past 40 years. So that's a pretty exciting project. Uh, we're also going to be debuting Fairy's Tale Deluxe uh, in conjunction with Firefly Games, which is uh, a great little introductory role-playing game um, for uh, kids or people who have uh, uh, a bit of a love for the... Uh, fairy genre uh, where you can play fairies in a, the magical realm of brightwood uh, that is also a pretty cool thing so uh, we'll be getting into that and more in uh, future podcasts so stay tuned uh, to this and to uh, the green website and we will have more for you in the future thanks for listening this podcast is copyright 2007 Green Regime Publishing. Music by Bombscare, courtesy of the Podsafe Music Network.